This is Jennifer Houlihan from Austin Music People, and you are listening to the Feedback Podcast. Good for you. I am proud of you. Good job. What up, everybody? This is back with the Feedback Podcast, the only podcast about the Austin nightlife, and this is episode number 86. And on this show, I get to talk to Mark Pietkowski, co-owner of Vulcan Gas Company, which is where I'm having my party next Saturday, five-year anniversary of the Feedback, benefit for Austin music people. So I talk to the man himself, and we talk about opening a place like Vulcan Gas Company on 6th Street, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest venue uh, on that side of town, from the importance of the sound to being on 6th Street, so having to deal with the homeless situation and college kids and all of that, and becoming more of a multifunction venue, you know, branching out and doing more uh, local acts and DJs and hip-hop and comedy. So make sure you go out there and check it out, Vulcan Gas Company on 36th Street. Also, you can still get your tickets for the five-year anniversary of The Feedback on Saturday, December 19th. Just go to thefeedback.com slash five years and get your tickets. We've got a bunch of raffle, a bunch of donations from local businesses. And so come out and support. All right. Let's go. And we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. And today, I want to welcome Mark Piekowski. Ah, Piekowski. Is that close? That's kind of almost like with a Polish accent. I, I oh, can, damn. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can live with that, actually. It's refreshing. Piekowski. Piekowski. Yeah, the Anglicide is Piekowski. Piekowski. I'm sure you've heard all kind of versions of your last name. Yeah. I, I live the same thing. My last name is pretty crazy, too. <laughs> How do you pronounce yours? Uh, Zumanigi. So you, Zumanigi. Can, so you can imagine all the Jumanji Ab- and the Absolutely. Zumaniga and all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roll <laughs> call there. in high school was a pain in the ass. But anyway, shout out to everybody tuned in live on Mixler if you want to share the link. It's uh, thefeedback.com slash Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. Share with your friends and all that. And then you're welcome to join the chat on the Mixler app or on your computer. I'll be reading some comments that people post. So just join the conversation. And uh, let's see. Actually, let's just get, let's just get started. I got, we got so much to talk about because it's, it's my first time meeting you in person. And we've talked on the phone because you're helping me with my event. So I'm glad to have you on and uh, thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. And I'm honored to be here. And, uh, you know, it's great that we met because I think what you're doing is a is a, a real treasure for the community. I think uh, it's needed. And from uh, what I've already seen of what you've done in prior podcasts, who you've had on here um, and, uh, you know, what you're trying to do is filling a void in the community. Wow. I get flowers right right off the bat. I like that. It's going to be a great show. (laughs) Butter up. All right. So um, I want to get, I always get into people, uh, my guest background when they come on the show. So how long have you been in Austin? So I've been in Austin, uh, you know, about six years. Six years? Yeah. From? From New York City. New York. Oh, wow. And uh, I'd been in New York for about eight years prior to moving to Austin. Mm -hmm. What brought you here? What do you think? The, the music, the... A woman. Oh, <laughs> it's that story. It's that kind of story. Really? 
Indeed. That's romantic. Indeed. Oh, my, my wife, Susan, uh, had been living here and we were doing a long distance thing. And uh, uh-huh. I was kind of already one foot out the door in New York. I think uh, it was it was an interesting time in 07, 08 when the financial crisis hit. And, right. Uh, I was kind of ready for a change and we had this burgeoning relationship and it was sort of like going in that direction of what are we going to do? Uh-huh. And we took a, you know, a bigger step and I moved to Austin for her and you know, the rest is all lollipops and puppy dogs <laughs> yeah, right. and two kids. Oh, wow. On top of that. <laughs> yeah. I have a boy that just turned four and my daughter is five. She'll be uh, six in May. Man. Well, so in case you didn't know, Mark is a uh, part owner of Vulcan Gas Company. And uh, I want to know what kind of, uh, so when you, when you came to Austin, it's five years ago, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. um, what was it like? Like, were you going out? Were you, I mean, when you were visiting your, your yeah. now wife, were you like checking out the scene and everything or how did that? Uh, so a couple cool stories. Uh, I, I, I'd been here uh, to visit. I had a, a very good friend of mine uh, who had been here for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, who, who was a friend of mine from where I grew up in New Jersey had been here for a very long time. Kamal Solomon, he's one of the founders of the band Lance Herbstrong. He had been here working with C3, and it was always a good reason to come visit because he was uh, at the time in the artist relations side, and uh, you know would often want to come out and hang out with him because he was in the music scene, right? Right. Um, and uh, that was prior to meeting Susan, actually. So, uh, and one of my very good. Uh, friends from college. I went to school in the University of Colorado at Boulder. Uh, he had been living here for a number of years. So I had like two really good friends that, you know, were plenty of reasons to come out and, and check out Austin. And uh, I had not ever thought of living in Texas, but when I came here, I was like, Austin wow. is not Texas. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's its own nation, right? Right. So uh, I, I, every time I came here, I had a blast, is the bottom line. Um, you know, were you coming for festivals or just random days? Really, I uh, um, South by. So what happened was when Susan and I started dating, she was like, "Why don't you come out for for South by Southwest?" And uh, we, it was like that first big weekend like together with someone you're dating, right? Right. And we just had the best time ever. Um, she she had a place. She had been living here. Mm-hmm. Um, stayed with her and just did the. You know, we we actually bought our own. You know you know, full platinum passes to go, or actually I think Susan had, uh, had them via an auction. I think it was. And so we just hit the streets and just went to everything we could, you know, see, got invited to a couple of really great parties. One of the highlights of all time actually was, uh, a C3 show, which, um, at the time, uh, bass nectar is now enormous opened for Jane's addiction. Nice, and yeah, and uh, on top of that, it was sponsored by Playboy. So Why not? It, it was it, it was it was pretty much the best intro. To Austin, like these these parties are like this every weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, sure, sure. Just come on and just move in. Just pack your bags. You're coming and, in next week. I mean, just talk about a well done party. I mean, you know, C three knows how to do it, and um, that was a special night. And uh, I even got to meet Perry Farrell, who's you know one of my all time favorites, and I grew up in high school listening to Jane's Addiction all the time. So you so, after that you were like that's it that, Austin's on the map I got to go my it, love lives here It probably happened that night I mean in all honesty I mean it was just so um and then that you know we, we did the regular south by circuit we 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 saw like I said as much we neither of us at the time we were both in between jobs right mm-hmm. So there was that feeling of kind of like 
every day is fresh. We can do whatever we want. And it's South by, you know, we also went to a lot of the interactive. We saw one of the first breakout groups when Twitter came, mm-hmm. um, to South by. And, uh, so we were, it wasn't just even the music. We actually went and, and went to panels and saw the interactive side of it. We didn't see too much of the film, but we got that full experience. I got that full experience, which. So really, when you, when, so when you came here, uh, did you, uh, were you going out? Or what was it like? Well, we so so I I ended up with you know a, a circle of friends that I got to know real well um, mm-hmm. fr- through my other friends mm-hmm. and then and then through Susan's friends and so you know got invited to house parties and and whatnot. It wasn't like I was just hitting all you know clubs or bars or venues. It was it was more organic in that I was just so fortunate to be with a, a pretty cool crowd of people that invited me to. You know, yeah, that knew what was going on. Yeah. They're like, hey, Mark, just check this out. And sure. Like, sure. Yeah. So what made you get into the bar business? Okay. Like, well, it, it, was, it was something literally that was kind of stumbled upon by, I think, all of the original partners in that um, you know, there was two two partners that, that it was Susan and I and two other partners that um, came together with two other guys that had the lease on 418 East 6th Street, which is now Vulcan Gas Company. Mm-hmm. Um, they had thrown a South by party. Um, it would have been in, in um, uh, 2013 and had acquired the lease and didn't seem to know exactly what they were going to do with it and were looking for other investors or partners and whatnot. We were shown the space. I, I, I had at that time started, you know, I'd, I'd, been here for some time because we've kind of fast forwarded pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you know, but by this point, you know, Susan and I are married, I have a daughter. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we got introduced to this, you know, call it opportunity and, and didn't really know if it was going to happen. You know, we weren't looking for it. Let's just say that, which, which just that, such as life at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we walked into this space and it, it I had not walked into, uh, it's a not, you know, basically a 9,000 square foot venue. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, it's pretty much the biggest thing on that side of town, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a sweet spot and we could talk about that. And as to sure. part of the success is it, it has a real proper niche, um, in Austin as far as venue capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that even though we, we, we made a ton of huge changes and, and mind you, this place sat vacant for a pretty long time. Um, they, uh, had thrown a lot of private events. These two gentlemen that, had, you know, kind of introduced us to the opportunity that at the time had the lease, um, of course had done the South by thing. And I think maybe another event or so, but, um, you know, it was, it was a very unique footprint. Uh, and, and then that, that mezzanine that still exists is, is essentially for the most part, you know, the original footprint as well, you know, before we did the build out, uh, one major change in that we, that terrace was never there, right? The outdoor yeah, 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 terrace. Yeah. So that was actually connected from the mez to that wall. And then there was a, a, a door built that now allows access to that terrace to sixth street. Right. Right. Um, but I think it was the space that all of a sudden got my mind sort of like running about the possibilities. And at this point in, 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 in you know, my life 
had you know living in Austin, I'd been to a lot of venues. You know, I, I one thing about me is my whole life I've gone out to see a ton of live music, um, and we can get into that. You know, but essentially, the space was unique. I knew it. I felt it in my heart. I mm-hmm. knew that it, it, it there, there was a proper way of turning this thing around that, that would carve a unique niche. And it wasn't about Sixth Street even. It was just about how, big how it I was felt and how you felt about it. when yeah. I walked into it. And then I also started bringing other guys. You know, um, One of my good friends in uh, town for a long time is Chris Jackson with Applied Pressure, uh, also with Peligrosa. Yeah. And brought him along and, and, and kind of got a couple of key guys um, well, you, it's your to first... look at it, right? And, and just sort of walk it with us. And like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What? And people, you know, you, you kind of looked at the way, even when, and, and mind you, the place was a mess. I mean, it had not been upgraded, like electrical, HVAC, everything. Like it, it, it was not in good shape, but like if, if you had the vision, you could see what the possibilities were. Right. So, I mean, you brought on people who knew what they were, this was your first time. It, it oh. was absolutely my first time. So but, you brought on people who actually knew the stuff. At least you, some local guys right. that I felt like could kind of, you know, give a independent observation of, of the raw space itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I'd been in getting back to just being a, a huge music fan my whole life. I had been in a ton of venues and one of the venues that actually, inspired me um when i was young uh, in college was the fox theater in, in boulder colorado so this was a venue that i could never get into until i was 21 for the most part uh-huh. but through the best had always had the best shows uh i mean back in the day like you know a lot of jam bands because that's what was big when i was in school in the early 90s but you know they 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 did it right they had great sound it was a great experience they made it you know um, it was all about the purest of music fans mm-hmm. from the standpoint of the experience when you walked in, the quality of the experience from the staff to the, the, the sound, to the lighting, to the actual talent too. And so that uh, being, being, having a great venue at that kind of peak of your, you know, college experience where you're really getting into music mm-hmm. gets you excited ab- about the possibilities. Cause then on any other given night, you're, go to dive bars too right and at other places right that, right right, right. <laughs> it's not quite the same experience and then then we had the beauty of being also by red rocks which i think is actually the best live music experience and and, and outdoor amphitheater venue in the world um so there there was perspectives i was i was gaining uh early on as a, as a huge music fan and, and getting into but you you knew right away you wanted to go with the edm route no, 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 no. As far as Vulcan goes, um, I, you know, that is more, I felt, about Austin to a degree. Mm-hmm. There were no big room venues, right? Um, uh, I, I'd been to several smaller venues to see electronic music. Yeah, and, Kingdom, and Barcelona, I, I, maybe I, Lanai at the time. Lanai, and Lanai was actually one of the first places I'd, I'd ever been to, um, yeah. really, when I was visiting. Um, uh-huh. and, I, and I always thought that was a great, great uh, venue, great space always felt good. Um, and that was one of my first experiences in Austin. And then, uh, you know, once I, I moved here, uh, it seemed to be that there was, uh, a need for something a little bit bigger. I, I know, uh, you know, there's a long history of, of, uh, you know, more private events and, you know, 
for lack of a better word, raves and stuff that have gone on for a long time here. Yeah, in, no, in, yes, in I've, I've, I've had a bunch of people actually who are actually um, putting those events together at warehouses on sure. the south side or and all that. Yeah, so I mean, there is, there is a history uh, behind all that. The thing is, there was no place that would actually you know, like a, a permanent spot where you could be like, okay, you know what? If I want to have this kind of experience, this is where I should go. And part of that though was, you know, and this, this, this comment has come from people, other people that I talked to over time is that we all know that Austin is venue rich, but often sound quality poor. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a ton, you know, a ton of venues, a ton of live music, a ton going on all the time. But don't there are a lot of places that you know the quality of sound is is somewhat of an afterthought to maybe some other things i you know i i can't speak for what else but i just know that having traveled through and lived in a lot of different cities both here and traveled throughout the world that you know there there are certain cities that have a a, a good number of venues that have very good sound and they focus on it and it's important to the venue. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's always been the, the case in Austin. At least that's how I felt when I came here. So as, as it evolved, uh, that was a focus. Like we want to make sure that we make our, you know, take our best foot forward, step forward to have one of the best quality sound experiences yeah. at this venue. But did you, um, so let's let's uh, fast forward a little bit. So you're like, okay, I got this place. I want to make something out of it. Uh, I, I want to make sure it sounds great too. Um, so the about observing the the scene, you're like, okay, there needs to be some kind of there needs to be more EDM because it is. It, well, let's just. I want to just cut you real quick and Go it wasn't ahead. about edm it was actually more about what we started to see in the fest so so my wife and i are also avid festival goers i mean we'll we we, we try to go to as many as possible right. with kids now it's a little bit different but um you know i've been going to festivals my entire life going back to the first Lollapalooza. what i started to see was that you know, particularly when lala moved to chicago mm -hmm. um they had it was originally perry Farrell tent and it was a small electronic focused uh stage and and year the first year it was pretty big then the next year it was so big that the tent part of it had blown out and then i think it was the third year where they actually bailed on the entire tent idea and, and created a, a, a full full stage that competes with the two main stages now for the largest crowds and arguably now gets the biggest crowd. So I saw this trend happening in the festival side and, and, and it was being discussed and it wasn't just EDM, but just electronic in general. Sure. And, and at the time also, uh, you know, you had, which, uh, you know, kind of has emerged to what more people call trap, but just mash up artists and, and, uh, uh, and then, you know, increasingly live production, right? Not not just a guy that's going to go out there and spin, but, right, but, but live producers. Right, so you saw an opportunity in, you know, bring seeing the space that you had available, right. knowing that you wanted great sound, and you see what they do with festivals. You're like, you know what? This is not a place with a bar. This is actually, This can actually be a venue where we have great sound, great lighting, mm -hmm. you know, an, an open space kind of thing, not one of those, hey, I'm... I'm it's like everybody is stuck together and you can't move anywhere and sure. pretty open space. Um, 
but I guess and it wasn't and and I want to make this clear it, mm-hmm. it wasn't that there wasn't a scene or guys weren't doing cool things oh, yeah yeah, yeah. It, absolutely, it, absolutely. I, I feel like what was missing and I can get into from the standpoint of artists that we've brought through uh, and some of the promoters we work with have brought through uh, but but like you know we know we're not going to get uh, you know on a rare occasion but you know the headlining fest- festival guys, right? But yeah. every time you go to a good festival, whether it be ACL, Lala, Coachella, whatever it might be, you know, part of the fun of that is like, you know, the guys playing between two and five, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's kind of what we've slowly begun to do a good job at is like kind of being an incubator for like, okay, we know we're, no one can afford to pay the top tier talent to come play Vulcan and we're not, and, or the, the community is not going to pay a $50 ticket price to see um, Diplo you know, or, any or, or Bass Neck or anyone like, yeah, anyone that you now see uh, headlining uh, or even, you know, the, 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 the acts, the undercard below the headline. But, but there's a sweet spot for a 658 cap that you can start to bring in some of these guys that, you may not be headlining next year, but maybe in two years. Or in the case of Odessa, that we had brought in and C three brought in, mm-hmm. it barely it sold out like within a couple of days before the show. This is last fall. Next thing you know, that I think it was October, they're on a worldwide tour, and then they just headlined Fun Fun Fun. So that's a beautiful thing. I don't know if that was quite happening in Austin. I I like to think that we can be that incubator. Um, so let's, let's talk about this, this thing that happened with the Vulcan name. Yeah. It's, it's a fun story. <laughs> a, I mean, I mean I, I, honestly, the way I found out about it, well, one, I did, I did my homework for the show, but two, when you Google Vulcan gas company and you go to images, you see the other logo Sure, from the, the old spot that was in, um, psychedelic rock spot on, on Congress. Congress. And so they only lasted like three years or so. Mm-hmm. They shut down in the 70s. 1970. And, yeah, and then uh, 50 years later, here you are. You're like, hey, we got this place. We're going to call it Vulcan Gas Company. And then so, so, so tell, tell the story because I think it's a really, really uh, interesting one. It is too. And I think, you know, I've always been an open book about this. Um, you know, so we, so we're, you know, I think it was February. Uh, we were doing our best to open in time for South by, right. um, of, um, uh, 2014, uh, the build out was crazy, right? Uh, you know, deadlines, permits, all that, you know, and we, we started to talk, we had, we actually were working with giant noise and, uh, we get a call and cause we, we, we had released the story and announced, I think in February with, uh, the business chronicle, Awesome, yeah. awesome business or awesome business journal. Sorry, business journal. Yeah, that's why I read it. And you know, it, it, it was a you know, you're it was, it was a great, great interview and a, a great quick blurb, great story. We're like, all oh, right. So then we get the call. Uh, we think there's a little bit of flack about this. Uh, you know, there's people up in arms about you know the fact that you guys are using the name. Okay, all right. Let's see what what does that mean. So we're going back and forth and trying to and, and they did, Giant Noise did a great job of sort of. Uh, helping us posture to figure out like how we're going to address this. And so I have to give a lot of credit to Kevin Curtin at the Chronicle because he was the next person to break the story about the quote unquote outrage. So I'll rewind real quick and just get into, you know, the name itself, why we decided to acquire the rights to the name itself. 
Um, a because it was open. Uh, yeah, know, it, it was. It was even, uh, not protected. It wasn't even filed under the same category as you guys. Right. The they have the trademark on that logo and and merch with the logo, uh-huh. and that was it. Uh, so all this time passed, but what I so when we so here we are, we're trying to figure out what to name it when when it was kind of like during the build out, and uh, I really wanted to, you know do something that was a, a shout out to the history of Austin music. And I really, I was, I, I dug deep. I, I actually was looking through maps of six, the Netches from the late 1800s, early 1900s. There was, oh, wow. all, I mean, there was like, a, there was a, an old opera house name. There was, you know, there was a lot of things that like kind of crossed uh, my plate when I was looking into various ideas and brainstorming. And I came across, Vulcan Gas Company I read and it was like one of those things where like all of a sudden you don't know about something you don't know the history of something and you it it, it sort of just takes you over like it, it, you know not that it was like six hours because it's the story is not that long but I was immersed in this whole story about what they tried to do mm-hmm. from 67 I believe when they opened to 70 yeah the whole premise was that they wanted a place for the counterculture they focused on sound and lighting and it just clicked because that's exactly what we cared about. We wanted to create a space uh, that similar to international clubs or uh, in major you know, metropolitan cities of New York, L.A., Miami, uh, that 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 sort of still captured, you know, like getting back to the, you know, the best quality sound and lighting. And here I'm reading the story. And at the same time, we know we're going to focus on electronic music. And which arguably could be considered uh, the modern day psychedelic yeah, today, kind of counterculture. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, you know, I don't feel like I'm some sort of rocket scientist by putting this together. But I'm like, wow, there's this really, inter- I'm looking for a throwback name. What they did in their time is to me similar to like uh, of the goal that we're trying to achieve. I think this could work, you know? Well, I mean, what, so then I started asking people, I'm like, and I, and promise me, I, I mean, I promise you, it wasn't like I did mad surveys around town, but everyone I could talk to, I'm like, have you ever heard this story about this Vulcan gas company? Mm-hmm. And I bet of a hundred people, maybe five knew. And I mean, it's did, 15 did, years what, old. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, what was I asking people that were in their sixties and seventies? Yeah. No, not necessarily, but it's still important that I, 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 I felt it it was really important at least to, to ask people. And then I was like, wow, people really don't know the story. So maybe that is all the more reason this is going to work. Cause it's like at the same time, this is what they were trying to do. Then here's what we're trying to do. Now there's a synergy there. And at the same time we get the, the beauty of this should be that everyone recognizes and pays homage to this, 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 this story. That's a great part of Austin music history that not everyone really knows, especially you know the 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 age bracket of uh, Vulcan patrons nowadays, right? But so basically, the, the flag you were getting is from old, older, the old, hippie old, old hippies. You know, yeah. like oh, how especially how dare you? How dare you? And first, you're you're paying homage, uh, but it's electronic music. Like they're trying to hold on to, you know, to psych the past, ro- to the only psychedelic psych rock. rock right. and, and I think, and other venues have been doing that here for a while, and, and doing a great job. And you've got, you know, 
the Psychfest, right? That that uh, has changed the name of, but you know, that that's still always and will be a burgeoning scene here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that was uh, that was kind of like you know what ticked people off was that just because we didn't immediately say we were going to do let's just say psych rock yeah uh it wasn't going to work and i will tell you this now if we opened and all we were going to do is psych rock we'd be shut down for sure i mean there, there's just not i there's a for 658 cap room uh-huh if you're going to do only psych rock i challenge you that that business model will work for more than three months no it won't work in it won't work now Back then, yeah, sure. But now, uh-uh. did you have to do, did you have to talk to those guys directly? So we we did everything we could, and that what was interesting was there weren't that many people around that were still available. So uh, the one name that we focused on was Don Hyde, right? And where we ended up with was his son uh, Sam Hyde, and so Sam was living in New York, and we were in constant email contact. Here's the idea: Would you want to be a part of this? Would you like maybe an equity stake? Would you want to uh, you know, you know. I mean, you went about the you went about it the right way. It, it, it wasn't like a dick move. You were it just, was so not a dick move. Yeah, and then that's but but it, but once the outrage was there, it didn't matter. I mean, I think that's the you know kind of a product of the times. But we it, it came from the heart, and all we ever tried to do was explain that, and and furthermore that we actually asked for, and then the and the and the and the story is mm-hmm. you, know, you can pull up. The blessing, and then it became this thing where yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don, I I never gave their blessing. I just said I wasn't going to sue them. That was a comment on the actual article. <laughs> I know, and uh, so so you know, and I remember going back and forth with uh, Kevin Kurt at the Chronicle, and he was just like, "Look, man," he's like, "You know, I, I'm not an old man. I'm not I'm not an old hippie. I've been, but I've been doing this long enough where I know that you know it it, it it'll probably blow over. Just stick to your guns. I get it. Trust me." Mm-hmm. I, I hear what you're saying. You're just not going to satisfy, you know, you can't please a, everybody, whether it be a core, a hundred people or a thousand people or 10,000, you know, as it turns out, uh, he he was right. It, you know, it, it more or less, there's always going to be haters. I mean, what, regardless if it's from the old hippie community or even people that are into you know, the electronic scene that for whatever reason, maybe don't like what we're doing or who we're bringing in, which I hope that's not the case, but you know, you, you might not be doing the right thing if you don't have some haters. That is correct. That that should be on the shirt somewhere. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Um, one thing I really like about the place, and the first time I walked in, again, by the way, I'm talking to Mark Pietkowski, uh, owner, co-owner of uh, Vulcan Gas Company, where I'm going to have my party next week. Um, one thing I liked, and, and I've been bitching about this for years, is that there used to be places on 6th Street that were open enough where there's actually a dance floor. And more and more, especially on that side of town, it's like every bar is just an establishment with a bar in it. The bar is like three quarters of the place. So everywhere you stand, you're in someone's way. You keep, Then you start bumping into people. And I think the last place that, actually, that was actually open enough I can't even remember, like foundation, like way back on in, in the warehouse district. And then, and, I, and when I first time uh, when I walked in, I was like, holy shit, this is actually pretty open. There's room to dance. This is good. This is good. But then it, I was like, well, it is on 6th Street. 
you know, and I and I know that you know Six Street over the years have gotten this you know this bad content. It's called stigma. Dirty Six now. Yeah, yeah. stigma. Um, it wasn't Dirty Six when we were hanging out there, but now it's called Dirty Six because I don't know somebody came up with it. Maybe it's because of the homeless situation. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because it's a bunch of dirty college kids or shot bars. I, yeah, shot bars. Um, so how have you dealt with that with those issues? Especially, and it's a really good question, and it's kind of something we deal with every day. Uh, you know, it's our friend, it's also our enemy, and you know, we're very fortunate to be the recipient of all the foot traffic uh, and all the benefits of uh, the fact that uh, you know it's it, it's a huge. It, I, I guess apparently, you know, more traffic, you know, foot traffic. Let's say moves through sixth street than anywhere else in the city on any right. weekend. Right. So it's already a destination. Uh, but the city I feel has been its own worst enemy as to what's been going down there. And, and quite frankly, what I'll say is that, you know, besides a music venue, we are also a private event space and, you know, we've actually lost business as a result of just, plain, simple facts that everyone knows. Let's just say, uh, you know, your Silicon Valley dot com company coming to check out for South by or whatever, looking at looking at uh, raw space or or you're just uh, someone actually the true story uh, looking to do a wedding. And they and they, they you know, they, they're online. They look at the pictures they're like, wow, you know, the specs. This is great. They just so happen to come on a, a you know, Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock. And, you know, you have homeless population coming around the corner or people are on the corner or people are passed out on the street itself. Uh, you know, we also always show, you know, the access through the back alley. Well, I hate to say this, but, you know, you've got situations where, you know, homeless are either, you know, passed Pissing out in there or-, <laughs> or defecating, which has happened. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, we've actually lost business and, and I think the other factor, I, and I, I know you've, you had talked about it, uh, before with people, um, pe- people come down to sixth street and don't want to spend money often. Right. So yeah. when we, so part of the battle has been, you know, when we, let's just say it's not a ticketed show when, when we were paying for local talent and, and we and were, you know, looking to do a, you know, a free show or a really cheap show, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you could just say it's two bucks and, you know, uh, you know, you've got you two performing later and they're like, man, but two bucks, I don't know. I can get and, a shot next door for two <laughs> bucks. I'm like, bitch, just spend it, the two bucks. It, it, but but it's it's a strange mentality in Austin because like honestly in New York it's like oh of course you're you'll, you're you're gonna say I'll pay you this much more just let me in right 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 and 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 I lived in Chicago for a period of time the same way there and and, and Miami's got its own thing going I mean the, Dallas is the same way right there yeah it, 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 I guess people are spoiled they don't realize it when I had so last week I had uh, Bobby Garza from Transmission and uh, Jennifer Houlihan from uh, Austin Music People and we went over that report card uh was austin got a c as a music c minus as a music city and one of the areas where it got a d was uh, i forgot the category name it was like like social engagement or something like that or how how the the uh, the population was actually supporting the scene by paying cover and people don't want to pay cover 
especially, I mean, and, you, and you're on, like you said, you're on 6th Street, you can walk in and out of places within seconds, and they're like, dollar this, and $2 you call it, and all that stuff, and then here you are in the middle of all that, and you're like, look, I got this dope DJ playing, it's five bucks, or it's whatever it is. Come check Come it out. Come check it out, and it's be worth it, because again, the thing about Austin that, that a lot of people say is that, oh, I remember a time when I saw this band at whatever venue, like before they blew up. And then, you know, now they're like, like you're talking about Odessa just, yeah. just earlier. And that alone doesn't seem to be a, a selling point anymore. And I think it's, a, it's, it's a really sad thing. And people need to, to realize that we have it pretty well here. And as much as people say, Austin is a live music capital of the world and all, all that, you have to live up to it. And if you're not willing to pay, then you're not helping. Yeah. And I think what I see changing uh, is just overall demographics as, as Austin has grown and, uh, you know, whether people like this or not, it, it, it's not reversing. But, you know, folks coming from San Fran, L.A., New York, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from bigger cities where, you know, the, the bar is a little bit higher from the standpoint of, of what is entertainment. Yeah. It, it's not going to be just just doing a bar crawl. It's going to be a destination, a show, uh, you know, or, or increasingly what we like to, you know, think about is, is, and I've heard this recently, which is always great to hear, uh, guys saying, or girls or groups, uh, let's just go by Vulcan, see what they got going on. Cause they're going to probably have something pretty cool. And that, that gets me pretty jacked up. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the end goal is like for people have that confidence in us that, so long as it's open to the public it, or if it's a ticketed show where it's not sold out, mm-hmm. uh, they can pop on by and walk in and be like, yeah, this we're going to have a blast and dance for an hour. Uh, and it's comfortable here and it's warm and it's inviting. And you and, got clean bathrooms. And, and the bath. <laughs> and mind you, the, 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 the police officers, I mean, we, they're, who are great, uh, on sixth street, they have a, a really tough job and it, and what, what they have to deal with is not necessarily their fault. It's policy and it's, you know, uh, a lack of uh, or willingness to to make changes fast enough, but they've come in before, and they still do just to use our bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you um, do you have any stories of having to deal with all with some of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I have a beef, and you know, I I think you know one thing that uh, you know we do we do still get a lot of young uh, college kids that are great, and we do have shows uh, that are eighteen and up. We don't do all ages, but we do eighteen and up. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, not not to just uh, be prejudiced against the younger kids, but something will happen like a, a water bottle gets dropped, quote unquote, or 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 a cup or someone throws a cigarette butt off that terrace and and the police get really upset when it's, it's been a couple of times where they've gotten uh, very upset with us, came in, this and that. Mind you, you know, and I'm coming to the venue at all hours, mornings. My wife comes all the time for, for meetings, for, for walkthroughs and, and the staff does. And whether it's, you know, rem- having to, to call to remove someone that's camped out, passed yeah. out in front of our entrance oh. or who's, you know, and the motivation to sort of, let's say, clean up that side of what goes on uh, I don't see it the way I see the motivation some nights when everyone's all jacked up, ready to go to battle on 6th Street mm-hmm. from the standpoint of the police officers to make sure that, that you know, 
um, they're protecting and serving and maintaining order and 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 uh, the peace. Uh, where is that during the day, right? Because 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 what happens is that the 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 things that are going on with the homeless or a guy dealing drugs or this or that in the area mm-hmm. get definitely gets lost in the mix when it you know when you've got this street clothes and yeah, yeah, tons yeah. of traffic. Uh, so that's, you know, they're not going to catch everything. Right. But sure. the daytime when there's a lot of shady things going on down there that are, that is not positive for business owners that I feel something could be done. Uh, that's upsetting. And I mean, th- there was a story recently, I think it was this week or last week about possibly moving the arts somewhere else. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's an ongoing discussion that, that I can't, you know, I wish I could say that's true. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's going to happen in time. Uh, you know, I think there's bigger problems that the city needs to focus on. And I've gotten this information from police officers. You know, many people are unaware of the fact that other cities, El Paso, maybe Dallas, and, you know, actually put their homeless on a bus and send them to Austin. Yeah, well, Sanctuary's town. And That's, uh... it's just like, you know, we are apparently allowing that to happen. And mm-hmm. as a business owner and and, and as a you know, tax paying citizen of Austin. I think that that's, that's terrible. Uh, I, I don't think that we should, you know, pull a Trump and say, you know, no, hom- <laughs> no, homeless. <laughs> no homeless ever allowed. Yeah, right. And I, I would love to be a part of a progressive solution. I just think that there seem to be eyes closed in the daytime hours or even in the early morning hours. I think, I think uh, it's gotten worse. Yeah. I think it's gotten worse because it used to be, uh, the parking lot that's on Seventh Street, right? Uh, but Laz, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't as crowd, as crowded as much, and it and they were not um, even the the garage that's right up there on Eighth Street. I mean Ninth uh, Street. Um, like now, you get you park in there, you pay ten bucks to park in there, and you get down the stairs, and then there they are in the right. staircase, and it smells like piss. And, and I, you're wondering if your car is going to yeah, exactly. be broken into. I mean, it is or, a problem. It is a problem. And and hopefully, uh, I hope that the, the conversation continues and then something something gets done because... Uh, and we've, got, we've tried. We, you know, we're, we're making our best effort to yeah, actually sure. get more involved. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of opportunity right now to, you know, change this for the better, for the community, for Sixth, for Austin. And, yeah. and I think... Uh, I think there's enough people right now behind that. Uh, one thing that we are, you know, proponents of uh, that we think would actually help Sixth Street is to not close it every, you know, to to, to traffic every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. We think really? that that mentality facilitates, and we're we're aligned with other uh, bar owners and restaurants on this. Uh, it allows for folks to have that wandering spirit of not necessarily wanting to go anywhere. They might pop in somewhere, take a dollar shot. There's, but it, there's no, it makes it more accessible. There, there's just, well, there's no, so by allowing just mobs of people to, to aimlessly walk the street, yeah, that becomes the party, not going to a club. Oh, or, okay. I you see, know what I'm see, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so instead of, of having some place to go, you have this this just open area that people can do whatever they want. Yeah, and that's when later at night the fights start, or 
um, someone gets in, in trouble for open container or having a bottle of this or that. Like it's because they never had, they came down there and never had any intention of going and spending a dollar anywhere. And I can't speak for X percent, but I think there's, you know, one thing that has helped, I think is Uber and, and, and Lyft, yeah, yeah, yeah. which of course the city is fighting, but <laughs> I mean, I don't we, know what I, it is with the city, yeah. but every time there's something good, something gets, somebody just wakes up and goes, let me fuck with this. Uh... Yeah. But it's actually a beautiful thing for restaurant and bar owners and not just six oh, street yeah. for everywhere. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, the, the, obviously they're not, they're probably not making as much money now on DUIs. As a result. Exactly. No, I mean, I, I totally see I totally see it. I totally <laughs> see it. But, I mean, it, it's just something to think about. So, I'll, I'll throw this out there real quick. But when I when I went to uh, move to Boulder, Colorado, to school there, uh, Pearl Street was, I guess, two, three, four years prior to when I was there, mm-hmm. uh, mid-late 80s, uh, very similar to, to 6th Street. Somewhat, you know, it wasn't Dirty Pearl, but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't, you know... So it was a concentration of bars on one, it, it, one it was, a few blocks, yeah. Right, sure. and but it was, uh, you know, changed to a pedestrian mall where they, uh, you know, did a beautification project, they put bricks down the middle, and they essentially closed like a few blocks just to foot traffic, and then uh, there were no more cars at all. Yeah. And it over a five-year period exploded. Uh, you know, beautiful restaurants, amazing bars, uh, street performers. And it's still like that to this, to this day. I was just there. I mean, it, it's, it's a now it's a true treasure of the city of Boulder mm-hmm. and then only happened because the city, you know, took, Some took the steps yeah. and, and it doesn't mean that that model is, is what's right for Austin, but we can do better. Gotcha. Gotcha. When, when I found out that there was going to be an EDM spot on, on sixth street, um, and I remember at the time, uh, my friend, um, Chris Doss was on, was one of the managers GM, at the yeah. time. Yeah. And, um, I was like, this is, I mean, I, I'm personally not a huge fan of EDM. I'm still trying to ease my way in it, but I, anyway, that's besides the point. Um, I was like, well, this place is in the middle of sixth street. There's a bunch of college kids walking around and they're used to their, you know, whatever all the other bars play. So the top 40 stuff, you know, bringing DJ such and such to come and to come and play. And I was like, you know, the, the, no matter what, because of where, because of where you are and because of how big the venue is and you're going for, you know, the, the, you know, booking DJs who on tour and all that. I'm like, you're going to have to adapt one way or another because of, you know, the location alone. And so, and what I've been noticing is that, you know, for the past year, um, you know, you bring in like a DJ K Cali to play. I've, I've seen Knickknack play over there. Um, you have local people also play. So how, how does that, um, how do people react to that? Like what, in between all the big shows, I guess. Yeah. Like how do we capitalize how, on the fact that you're right there? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know. One one great story. I mean, you know, the the first DJ to ever uh, break in the Function One sound system was DJ Manny, who you know I absolutely love. I consider a very good friend. Uh, uh, also, uh, Bird Peterson has been a big supporter and, and, and Bird played a lot of night. You know, I mean, and and the, I mean, mind you, when I these were guys that like you know when 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 I was in a pinch, especially that first year, where uh, and I have a lot of respect for them and their talent. Um, 
and there, and uh, DJ Bass is another guy that's kind of been there, mm-hmm. um, you know, where we needed, you know, in a pinch because because it wasn't always like, you know, when you're a private event space, you're working with you know five major promoters more or less, you know, sure, um, you don't always know what days you're gonna be available for for local acts or local DJs or local talent. And, uh, that was, that was a big battle because so many guys were like, well, I want a residency. Yeah. And that's always the first, like, I mean, I'm not saying, uh, uh, for all those guys, I mean, um, and, and, but, but, but for guys that, that really are, are talented and want to expand and they already have maybe a good gig somewhere else Mm -hmm. and we could never promise that. So that was, that's been a challenge. So what we've tried to tell, you know, a lot of the local guys and, and, and acts and, uh, is that here's why we can't do that because we, we do an awful lot of private events and, and we have ticketed shows and typically they're, they're booked two months out, but some of the bigger ones sometimes are only like four to six weeks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how are we supposed to manage, you know, a residency when right, at least, sense. at least four to six times a month where we have a, a ticketed touring act. Right. So, uh, you know, come full circle on that. It's just sort of like, we've always been open to work with everybody and anybody. And we've given a lot of people opportunities and the, the tough part about Vulcan and uh, your local nights is it's six fifty eight cap, right? Yeah. So, you know, we'll close the upstairs often and kind of uh, focus on get filling the, the, the downstairs and, and, and keep the dance floor uh, full. Uh, I, I feel like we've we've been open arms and we've always wanted to uh once again, you know, incubate the local scene, uh, you know, hip hop as well and uh electronic and, and producing DJs. Uh you know, we actually have a, an event coming up with uh Orion Poligrosa, which we're excited about. Guys I mean I mean just there are and then we also have uh, like live electronic acts like uh, Kapiak, who's been playing at Vulcan a lot recently, and they're actually uh, picking up a lot of steam, and they're they're everywhere it seems lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are they're the type of act that will you know bring out live instruments and uh, you know produce right in front of you, which is something that we love to see. Uh, so, and then we've been doing Wednesday live uh, with with Solstice live. Uh, uh, they run a local, uh, uh, it's basically a online, uh, let's just call it a portal of connecting venues, venues with artists musicians, yeah, and yeah. musicians. And so they procured for, end of, through, from the end of the summer through the fall, um, you know, live Wednesdays. And I know you have uh, Henry and the Invisibles coming up and they, they were a part of one of those Solstice Live yeah. Wednesday nights. So, uh, and then, which I was going to say the next thing going into uh, 2016 is uh, we're working with uh, the guys over at hypersonic uh, radio uh, and Jason Jenkins uh, and Whitmore. They're going to, uh, you know, this is not fully announced, but we're talking about doing a, a DJ competition weekly that would, cul- that would culminate uh, in, in, you know, the crowning of someone yeah. uh, over the course of the year. So, um, we we have always wanted to be open arms to uh, all local talent, both uh, DJs, live electronic, hip hop, and um, 
rock in all genres. So. Right. So one thing, um, one thing that I've seen is that, you know, when you have such a space that's pretty much multifunction, like you could have anything, anything right. from F one after party. I went to the Red Bull F one uh, after party. That was insane. Um, to um, Moon Tower, you had the comedy Coming over fast, there. Yeah. Uh, and we did the music uh, Austin the first. Uh, annual Austin Music Video Awards. We yeah, did. that too. Yeah, I mean, I was at um, the uh, Fun Fun Nights uh, mm-hmm. this year, and then we do ACL after. Uh, yeah, after so shows. so you can do a lot of things. Like you have the space and you have the the resources to you know put on a good show or mm-hmm. at least a or I mean let me rephrase that put on a good experience for people. Mm-hmm. And I think and I've been saying this for a while is that um, what Austin lacks more and more is the diversity because when you think about Austin I mean there's so many things you can do right if when you decide I'm going out on a Friday I'm going out on a Saturday uh, the entertainment options are endless I mean you can hang on the domain you can go down south you can go east side you can go wherever and I think what really what's been happening is those uh, special events like no no I mean what I mean by special is something different something different just going to a bar in order order a shot of tequila you know you're actually going in and and you actually have something to sell something that's worth money something experiential exactly and we're moving i think we're moving towards that i think it needs to happen more and more uh but you know with a space with a space like vulcan i think that you know you guys are really uh getting up there i mean i look at what em- what empire's doing and i'm like holy shit they have so many things going on mm-hmm. uh, i think that you know, we need more of those because I think that's what drives the city instead of just, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to Austin, 6th Street. I'm like, to bar well, hop. To bar hop. To, right. and yeah, bar hop. And I'm like, no, there's, there's plenty of things to see. There's plenty of, uh, you know, uh, shows to, uh, to go to and then you enjoy yourself even more than if you were just going from, you know, chugging monkey to Soho to mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and there's, a, you know, and then, and then let's just say you have a weekend in Austin, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, Sure. Is it fun to just kind of do your own bar crawl with a, a crew of people that you haven't seen in a while? Yeah. But, but if you're there, if you're here for a couple nights, two, three nights, I mean, don't you want to, you know, have a destination one night where it's like everyone agrees like, Hey, this is a good show. These guys have this, that, look, what do you guys want to do? Okay. Yeah. Let's all get tickets. Let's go to this event. And you know, and that's where we're going to be tonight. You know, yeah. no, the the group doesn't get broken up, right? Everyone has, you know, you have those experiences where you go out and the whole the party gets splintered, and you're like, I, and I, then, have, I have a theory about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. And and, and but people, uh, but then there's those two people that end up at the right spot, right? And yeah. it's probably when it comes to Austin, it probably is going to end up being you know uh, an event or a ticketed show where they're like, oh, you should. Yeah, I didn't want to pay five bucks. Like, well, too <laughs> fucking bad. But you know, I have a um, one thing that Bobby uh, brought up uh, last week on the show, and I like the idea. Is what what he called? He just coined it like right then and there on live, uh, exclusive on my show. He was like, "We need more what he called music evangelist, so people actually know what's going on, and instead of just reading, instead of people reading that off a website or." Through Facebook, it's someone actually goes, "Yo, there's this show at Vulcan Gas Company, or Empire, or Sidewinder, whatever it is, and you know it's five bucks, but I'm telling you, these guys. Once you see these guys, you might catch next time you catch them, they might be at ACL, and you'll be way in the back, and you won't see shit. 
But if you catch him at Vulcan with the, at Vulcan with the lighting and the the projection screen and yeah. the the sound and all that, you'd be like, at least you can t- brag later and go, I was there and I saw that Vulcan. And uh, we need more of those. We really do, really do need more of those. Yeah, I mean that 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 gets me excited even to hear you say that. Uh, and and that's that's the end all goal is to for someone to walk in. Uh, and, 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 and the other cool thing is, you know, we, we've had plenty of friends that we've, uh, introduced to the club that have never been to an electronic show, mm-hmm. uh, that would never go to an electronic show. I mean, Eric Pritz was a perfect example. It was, it was, uh, my birthday weekend, uh, last February, been a huge fan of his for a long time. Uh, you know, he set up with four CDJs and we had, you know, set up a booth since it was my birthday and kind of brought all these a, a, a good mixed cast of characters of both uh, some of my friends and Susan's friends and I was explaining uh, I, I'm like do you know that he's actually producing right in front of you right now do you, do you see do you hear that okay and this is the beauty of the functional one sound system is like you, you can hear certain loops that are on there and certain sounds that are that are being played and then watch as he's mixing in front of you right mm-hmm. And for someone that doesn't even know that that's what goes on at a, a good degree of, um, you know, live producing electronic shows, they're like, wow, so he's sort of like a composer? Yeah. Oh, he's not just <laughs> pressing play? No. Watch what he's doing. And, and like, folk, and, and, and then and they walked out and they're like, wow, that was really cool. Can I say that they're going to start coming to every show? Well, maybe not. Yeah. But watching someone sort of get it and not sort of just believe the stereotypes about See, this that, music. That was, that's, that was my introduction to it. Cause I, when I thought, when I saw EDM, I was like, okay, so all these dudes, they're doing Jesus poses. They have time to clap in their hands and they're just turning knobs. that don't, that don't change anything. And I'm it like, it doesn't mean that some guys don't do that they, either, no, but no, they do. But, but you got, but when I asked my friends who were into EDM, I'm like, you know, give me like a, what would be the introduction? Give me like the 101, like check out this guy or check out that guy. Uh, because all you hear about, of course, is the bigger names, it's the Diplo. And I've seen They're those almost, guys live. Yeah, it's almost pop. Yeah. And it's, pop electronic. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, let me turn a bunch of knobs, but the bass doesn't go down. Nothing happens. They just start turning knobs. I'm like, eh, I'd rather see a full on, like show me something that live that I won't, like here, if I listen to it on Spotify or any of that exactly, stuff. and 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 you go for that. But when you go to a live show and they just hit play and then all they do is clap and they fist bump and they do, it, I'm like, yeah, man, come on, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, our, one of our goals is absolutely to bring in uh, and 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 kudos to C3, uh, Disco Donnie, Night Culture, Transmission, yeah. Scoremore. Uh, you know, the, you got guys that are really trying hard to uh, bring in cutting edge talent. Uh, and we, we, I mean, I absolutely get jacked when I see some of these guys come in, what they're capable of. And even the guys that are just uh, pure DJs, right? Yeah. Your classic DJs that, um, that some people allude to just pressing a button. They're not right at the same time. And I say this. If you if you think it's so easy, go do it. Try. Yeah, exactly. 
we had a guy from France, Dream Koala, come through last year uh, during South by, who is just that kind of. And but he does it, you know. It's kind of like the, you know, to help people understand, like the Ed Sheeran sort of, yeah. Model, you know, where you know, if you go to an Ed Sheeran show, he'll take a moment to actually sit there and show you how he can produce a song right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, some really young. That that's that. And once again, getting back to even. The spirit of Vulcan is, I mean, this is the movement when the young, younger generation, I, they're, they're getting better and better and younger and younger. Uh, this kid was 20 when he came through last year during South by and just produced the most beautiful music, uh, you know, for, I guess a solid, uh, he had a 40 minute set and people were wowed and it wasn't necessarily like something that everyone might listen to mm-hmm. every day in their car or whatever, but they knew that something was unfolding before them. Exactly. And, and they, you know, and they really appreciated it. And, you, you know, that, that, that's the, the direction we see things going. Um, and I think you even see it to a degree, uh, in hip hop and crossover as trap got popular, but you know, guys that were, uh, or, you know, drum and bait, like we had keys and crates come through, yeah, a live set, you know, they, all three of them, you know, uh, fully live set up. Um, we, you know, cherub, same thing. Those guys came through ACL, uh, uh, these these guys that that are now taking it to the road, Gorgon City, who came through uh, during F one. That's that's the direction I think it's going because just like you just said, the consumer, the educated consumer, yeah, <laughs> wants yeah, something yeah. a little bit more though. Exactly, uh, and they know that uh, there's a little bit cheaper version that you can kind of uh, get at a lot of different places, but. Uh, the touring acts that are requiring a, a higher ticket price are, I think they're coming around to, to say, you know, we got to give back a little. And the ones that are capable of uh, doing something a little bit different, whether it be live set or kind of uh, live visuals, uh, you know, mm-hmm. which is what we're starting to focus on a lot. You know, yeah. Chris Jackson is the, the VJ behind applied pressure. Uh, he was instrumental in help, helping us, you know, set up our 12 by 18 screen and then 8,000 lumen projector and all that. Uh, and now Gabe King is, is our, our in-house VJ and production manager. Uh, and he's doing an incredible job and, and we have fun with it. Like, so get, so like, even if it's a, even if it's not a live production, right. Mm-hmm. We can add that element of the VJ side and people love it. And it's not just another bar for guys. <laughs> right. Cause other people, people get it twisted. It's like, you know, you gotta. We have there's something for everybody in this city. I keep saying that, um, and it's really a matter of you know explore, be open, you know, and support. Because at the end of the day, this is you know this is what we do, and the people who do it have that like they're not doing it for any other reason than look. We we love music. We want to you know produce and and provide you you know some of the best experiences out there. And we're doing it, so. And we care. I mean, I, like, you know, people uh, can kind of create their own opinions on what we're about or what we're trying to do. But, uh, you know, we have a really awesome core team right now that I'm really proud of. Uh, it, it takes time to, to retain people. And, uh, you know, we have we have a lot. Uh, uh, our, some of our most dedicated fans are our employees now. And, of course, uh, you know, the, the, the partners and, and we – we want to provide a great experience and, and a cutting edge show. And, you know, we invested the money in it and, you know, 
we believe we have the best sound system in town. We got second place in the awards last year, also yeah. the music awards. <laughs> we got the best lighting. But it's not about, oh, we're the best, but like, you know, good sounding music makes you feel good. Bad sounding music, maybe not so much. I mean, there's a lot to be said. I mean, one thing I'll tell people if they don't know about our sound system is go on go on the website uh, of Function One and 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 read about or listen to an interview uh, with Tony Andrews, who's the founder of the company. I mean, it's originally a touring rig for Pink Floyd back in the day that has now become what it is. But what they have built and what they care about for sound quality is is unmatched uh, to a degree, and especially. Uh, uh, in the electronic space, but most bands that have played live have come through, uh, and hip hop acts, uh, seem to agree. Have you thoughts on it? And I ask people to come and experience it for yourself. I mean, we'd sort of always laugh like, Oh, should we have advertised or said more about come experience function one? I don't know if that would have made a difference. I, I I'm saying it now, uh, come, you know, come see what you think. I mean, go, go, go to a lot of places and then come to Vulcan and tell me if you th- think it's, it's some of the best sound you've heard. Nice. I've been talking for an hour. I need to wrap <laughs> things up. Um, plugs, shout outs, uh, upcoming uh, events, parties, shows. Well, what about your event? Well, you go first. I'll go last. Well, we, we, we're about to announce uh, New Year's um, and uh, we're doing uh, a show with uh, uh, B Chaser, uh, who's going to be uh, Joe. Joe is once again a huge, huge supporter of Vulcan. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I have nothing but great things to say about Joe. Uh, and then he said he's going to bring in uh, champagne uh, to support. Um, and all this will be, you know, we have not released a flyer yet. So uh, that that's coming up. That's that's kind of the next big thing. Of course, in December, we have a lot of Christmas parties. So yeah. uh, if you don't, you know, typically if you don't see anything on our website, that, that means we have a private party. Uh, we also have uh, coming up, we have uh, uh, Black Tiger Sex Machine, BTSM, which we've teamed up with Euphoria. Uh, Mitch Morales, who uh, uh, started Euphoria, has done this road to Euphoria. We had G. Jones come through with him. Uh, uh, nice. I don't Euphoria. know these names. <laughs> I'm curious. But that's now. why you got to come more. Yeah, that's um, I'm curious. And uh, we had a couple big announcements today in January. Also, uh, Infected Mushrooms coming through via Night Culture Disco Donnie. Uh, they have a big uh, big room uh, house uh, act, uh, W&W coming in. They're a Dutch duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a big one uh, in February. Uh, and, uh, of you already cor- geared up for South by? Well, we, we're, we're gearing up. Uh, we're, 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 we're right in the thick of it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- that all, that'll all start to come out eventually, uh, in, in, in the new year. And, uh, we also, uh, like I said, I, we're about to announce, uh, uh, a, a new Wednesday, uh, DJ competition with the hypersonic guys. Uh, I think that's going to be exciting. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as far as, you know, just, just the new year, uh, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, let me just say this, uh, about 85, 90% of all the ticketed shows we've done, uh, September through now have sold out some of them sort of, uh, you know, day of, but we've got some pretty good momentum. And I think it's part of sort of that, uh, goal we've always had of, of being a destination for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the core fans of Vulcan that, that aren't scared to pay 10 bucks or 15 bucks to go into a ticketed show are 
start starting to pop in and 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 show up on on a Friday Thursday Friday Saturday night. So that that's kind of exciting. That's feeling like hitting our stride. And uh, you know, there's going to be a lot a lot of more announcements coming up, obviously. But um, yeah, nice. we're we're excited. And, and then we've got your event. Do you want to plug it for me? Or you want me to do it? <laughs> no, I'll do it. I'll do yeah. it. No, that's fine. So. Uh, the five-year anniversary of the feedback, five years already. Yes, folks, five years. Uh, at Vulcan, really thank you so much for uh, hosting this. Um, and we're trying to, not trying, we are supporting the music scene by raising money for Austin Music People. Shout out to Jennifer Houlihan and all the people at uh, AMP. So what we got in stores for you. We got DJ Protege from Cracker Nuts. If you haven't heard of Protege yet, uh, one of my favorite DJs. He actually did a feedback party a while back, and I, I love the guy. He does all my flyers. He's, he's really good. One of the New Jack Swing, so he's part of New Jack Swing crew with Kid Slice and uh, Mike Swing. Nice. We got uh, Terrell Shahid with his Soul Sessions. Uh, you can catch him at Sea Boys. He's all over the place. Kind of R&B-ish type of, type of band. Um, and then, of course... Henry the Invisibles, the one-man funk band. I mean, I'm curious to, to see what, it's, uh, what it sounds like at a venue like yours. Because I've seen him at Scoot Inn, I've seen him at Lambert's. But with that sound, I'm really curious to see what, what that turns out like. And I look forward to it. Also, it's hosted by Riders Against the Storm, 2013-2014, Band of the Year by the Austin Chronicle. And we're also going to have a raffle and sell an auction with prizes uh, just to give you a little sample of who we got, uh, Kendra Scott donated, B-Cycle donated, uh, the Beauty Store Depot donated, the Long Center, King Gladiator, uh, Cryo Studios, I got a W Hotel, I gave away some stuff. Great. So um, a lot of stuff to win <laughs> and uh, and bid on. And as always, as every feedback party, we're going to have the red carpet with the backdrop. We'll do the interviews. We'll do the pictures. We'll do all of that. So that's Dress code? Yeah, <laughs> my only dress code is be comfortable and bring your dancing shoes. There you go. Bring your dancing shoes. Uh, uh, feedback parties always with a bunch of dance freaks. People love to dance. They was like, oh, I want to dance. I'm like, all right, wait to my next one. <laughs> well, now I'm going to throw up one. Uh, the date for you is gonna, is uh, December 19th. 19th. Saturday, December okay. 19th. I want to make yeah. sure that we throw that out there. Yes. Uh, and then uh, I want to thank Susan Espinoza, my wife and partner, who's the true operating partner, and the rest of my team and staff. Without all of y'all, we couldn't make this happen. A couple more shout-outs, actually, that I just wanted to make sure I got in because mm-hmm. uh, we also have... Uh, now, I don't know I don't know the exact lineup, but uh, it's going to be Orion and Peligrosa for the most part, but it, there's a different spin. It's Selection as well. Oh, Selection? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, so, you know, I didn't talk to Orion about this, but I know it's a go. It's January 30th. Uh-huh. Uh, that's Saturday, so that's going to be a good one. The night before, we have uh, Capiac, the guys I was telling you about, and that's mm-hmm. a, that's called uh, Capiac's Crazy Costume Dance Party. That's on January 29th. www.vulcanatx.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter. Pretty much, yeah, the whole social media. Sweet, sweet. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Feedback Podcast. I do this every week on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on Stitcher. Make sure you follow the feedback on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the Internet, all that good stuff. I'll be making announcements as we get closer because I'm, I'm still getting a bunch of donations, actually. And uh, tickets are still available. 
uh, at uh, thefeedback.com slash five years, so the number five in years. Uh, if you just go to the website, you'll see it right there in the banner. You can buy your tickets. And that's pretty much it. Mark, thank you so much. Mark, thank you. This was fun. I appreciate you for coming. I look forward to uh, a party next week. And uh, everybody out there, uh, support the music scene, support the venues, uh, support people like me too. <laughs> How do we support you more? Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about the Feedback Podcast. Uh, tell your friends about the feedback and come to the party next Saturday. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao, ciao.